Shazam? My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. I am the Flash. Truth. Justice. The American way. I'm vengeance. Hello and welcome to Elseworlds, a DC fan podcast. We are about to dive into our The Flash spoiler discussion, review, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I am Jordan. This is Chris as with me, uh, as always. How are you today, Chris? I am so ready to dive into the Speed Force. You have no idea. So we both saw this movie last night. We didn't get the uh, last night being Thursday. I'm, I'm guessing this will go up Saturday, but um, I think, you know, we didn't get the chance to go to any of the early screenings. We didn't see any of that stuff. So uh, we can, you know, we'll just be talking mainly about uh, the film and, and our reactions to the final cut. I know there was originally apparently a different ending uh, on CinemaCon and some of the early screenings. This has been changed. So yeah, we'll 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 dive into all of that stuff now. I guess uh, yeah. All right, let's dive into it. I guess let's stay with our initial thoughts, um, just kind of what we thought of the movie as a whole, and then we'll kind of dive in after those high level thoughts and and kind of go, you know, wherever the story takes us, wherever the speed force takes us. Uh, so Chris, your initial thoughts when you left the theater. My initial thoughts was this was a movie that was made for me. I I don't know if that makes sense if you don't know me, but I feel like you guys are starting to get me a little bit if you do this. Like, here's the thing. It hit home. It hit home. The emotion was great, but it the movie never slowed down for it. It was a fast-paced sprint. It was very fitting of The Flash. It was one of those movies where the action was incredible the story was actually really well constructed. And I just had a blast of a time. I think this is a movie that will be rewatched for me more than any other DC movie. I think this has so much rewatchability factor. It's absolutely insane. I probably will put this on once every couple months because, I mean, it's only two and two hours and change. And it feels like 30 minutes. It does move pretty quick. Initial thoughts for me is that, you know, I really enjoyed it. I, I'm going to sit with it a bit more before I do anything else with that. Uh, like, I know it's good enough to be number two in the DCEU. And people might say, well, that sounds hypocritical, Jordan, because you just said you need some more time. But when we talk about larger ramifications for it, and I guess comic book films as a whole, where that rests. I'm not really sure. You know, I for people that don't know, my ranking pretty much goes to Suicide Squad, um, James Gunn, then this, then Shazam, Black Adam, 
then Man of Steel, then Zack Snyder's Justice League. I think that's my ranking right now. So uh, I have it on my phone. I don't know why I'm not just looking at it. But, you know, for me, it's... I think this is going to be more rewatchable than any of those... That's my main problem with the DCEU right now. Is There's not like... There's not one that I usually will put on when I'm going to sleep or just want to chill for the night. You know, I th- I can see this movie being one of those. I can't even do that to the Suicide Squad because my wife can't handle that movie. So if she came in while I'm <laughs> asleep and that movie is playing, she probably wouldn't be able to be able to stomach that. But you know, this movie, I, I did ask for her opinion. By the way, um, as a casual fan, she you know she's somebody that's not a big DC fan. She's not a big like. Um, I mean, she she goes to see these movies with me, but. Uh, she said it was good. That was her. <laughs> that was her reaction. She said she liked it, but she wouldn't choose to watch it again, like out of her way. Like she wouldn't go out of her way to watch this again. So that that was my wife's a casual fans thought on that, and, and that's going to be important because the casual fans are really what's going to need to help this movie um, make it somewhere financially. You know, um, and, and later on in the show, I'm going to talk box office stuff. I don't want people to think that I'm like ragging on the movie for the box office stuff, but like there is a problem DC is facing that we'll get to at the end of the mm-hmm. year um, that I think is yep. a real issue going forward. But, you know, I did like this movie and I tried to stress that in the thread I did about the box office too, because, you know, I think sometimes you can get caught up in numbers where you say like 9 million is good for a Thursday, but there's things that can tell you if that's going to be good or bad. And those are like multipliers and how that's going to, you know, translate for the rest of the weekend, all that crap. We'll talk about that later. But overall, when I walked out of this movie, I enjoyed it. I, if I'm going to dive in a little bit more, I thought it started a little rough with the baby shower. And, (laughs) that's a good way to put it (laughs) baby shower like I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or because we're trying to have kids but uh, it was a little rough for me to see those babies flying out of the hospital and I knew he was going to save them I I, I was like there's no way they let one of these babies hit the ground but it was a pretty long a pretty long sequence for it you know, there was parts where I laughed because of him choosing to eat because he was out of calories. So that would help him be able to slow it down a bit more. Uh, catching the baby in the, you know, microwave, which I saw some people like reverse it. So it looks like he's putting it in the microwave. And now there's like this whole news article about how awful that is or whatever. <laughs> oh, I, I give up <laughs> on the internet. But, you know, I, I thought it was a little rough beginning because I. I I was worried where they were going with the babies. Mm-hmm. Um, I got better after that. And I think part of me too is a little nervous. Cause I'm like, my wife's here. Uh, I don't know how she'll handle this baby shower. See, so- I love that sequence. <laughs> I thought that was a lot of fun. Like I assume they're not going to, there's, it's a family friendly movie. They were going very four quadrant with this movie. There was no way the babies were dying. So I was just like, I'm here for the ride. Yeah, I, I kind of had the same vibe, but I was like, 
a little nervous about where they're going with it. Um, I did like the Wonder Woman cameo. I thought that part was really great because I had no that idea. That was, she was so in it. good. I had no idea she was in it. That was so good. Well, I knew she was in it, but I thought it was going to be one of the cameos in the Speed Force kind of thing. I didn't I think she filmed stuff, but that it was cut is what I originally heard. Oh, okay. So I I did not think, and and that when they say like Diana's not available, I was like, oh, okay, that like that's all they need to say. I really liked. Uh, oh, my other first thought. Oh, my other first thought. And and then he goes, I realize I'm the Justice League's janitor, but why is it always a bat mess? Right. right. <laughs> that was that was I good. Liked, I I really like I, the, I really like the clerk at the coffee shop with the uh, <laughs> you know uh, how long he was. You can't rush a sandwich, all that kind of stuff. He's like putting one raisin on at a time. Uh, but it was. You know, that, that part was really good, but having Diana with the lasso of truth and then Bruce like saying there's more he could do to help, <laughs> you know, people in the city. And then Barry saying, I know sex exists, but I haven't had it or whatever. <laughs> uh, that was good. Lasso of truth never gets old. Uh, that was, and then uh, Batfleck is just like, let it go, man. Let it go. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Barry on. tries to say like, I was using it as a metaphor for. <laughs> <laughs> you can't come back from this. That was, that was a good scene. And I really like uh, Wonder Woman's last of truth on Batman. I thought that Barry's thing almost over out uh, outshadows the Batman line. Because the Batman lines were kind of funny, too. Uh, but, you know, I, I thought it was great because it was like. But I thought was going to happen is when you hear if that briefcase hits the water, I thought the flash was going to run down and catch it. Yeah, and then yeah, you hear the da 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 and you're like, yes. It was so many rewarding moments in this movie. Yes, I mean, is she the most recurring of the Snyder era? Because she was right, in Shazam, Shazam Fury, of the, Fury Gods. of the Gods, BVS, Justice League, BV- Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman 84. I feel like that's... She is. I feel like she is. I feel like she is. Because... She's appeared I mean, in three really... projects since Justice League, and Ben has... A it certainly isn't too. Henry Cavill. No, no. No, unless we're counting the headless <laughs> cameos like this one and the... Shazam one. Uh, <laughs> um, Amy Adams might be up there. Man of Steel, BVS, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Seen anything else? The theatrical cut of Justice League. Um, let's see. I don't think she's in anything else though. No, I think I think Wonder Woman is it. Yeah, that's um, that's just something that came up in my head when I was sitting here like, wait a minute, she's been in like so many of these now. Um, just for like little snippets too, you know. We have, I, I think, a really cool intro to what Barry's gone through with his dad and his mom when we get Bruce sending him the security footage of the convenience store or the grocery store that was then... Um, you know, that was then, um, kind of like 
I don't know what to say with that. Like fixed, right? The, no more glitches on it. Uh-huh. Um, and it still didn't help yeah. because he didn't look up. And um, we're going to talk about that looking up thing at the end of this movie. That was yeah. a, certainly a moment. We'll get there. Um, I, I really like the idea of that would be too much contact to stop her from being killed. So you have to stop the sequence. And I thought that was really interesting. And it all boils down to a can of tomatoes. And then he remembers the song and he, yeah, I love that song. And then he's doing all the, it's just the way they did the memory was really well done. And I loved, I, I loved him not realizing what year he was in. And, and, then you know his younger self has a date with iris and he's like you know what just go go ahead with your life that sounds great (laughs) yeah well you know something i thought was really good like you said there was i've seen a lot of complaints about this and that was that barry doesn't go see who killed his mom and that it wasn't reverse flash. I'll just say this straight up. We don't know who killed Barry's mom. It's open enough where it could have been reverse flash. Um, Barry only thinks it was a robber because his dad was not there. So he thought that the only reason somebody came in is thinking nobody was home, but we don't actually know if it was reverse flash he would still have probably waited for his dad to leave. So that way there is the opportunity and then he can pin it on Barry's dad. But my, my, so people are like, I I saw this one person saying, why didn't he just like go like back in time, see who killed his dad and then uh, see who killed his mom and then get his dad out that way. And I'm like, one, there's no way he can bring proof. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's no proof there. The burden of proof now is the the security kit tape, right? Like if he has an alibi, then he wasn't the one who killed him. And that's all that matters to Barry. Barry doesn't matter. It doesn't care who killed his mom. He just wants his dad back and he wanted his mom back. But, you know, I like that when he was thinking back and it makes perfect sense to me that I don't want to mess things up too much. So I can only go, uh, I'm only going to go put the tomato can in her thing. I'm not actually going to talk to her. I'm not going to disrupt anything that way. And in fact, it totally changes everything anyway. But, you know, it's just that he's sitting there talking to Iris and he's saying all these things that she has no clue what he's talking about, but he, he explains it. He explains why he doesn't just go stop the mom, his mom from being murdered. It was to try to stop as much maximum damage as he could to the timeline but i don't know i thought that was a really I, great I, thing i it was great there's one flaw in this movie that drives me nuts and i don't think anyone's ever has said it yet that i've heard there's only one camera at that grocery store there's only one camera and he doesn't get picked up on any of the other cameras well i would think that he like okay if i can excuse this which i can um if i'll explain it uh, it's when I know I only need the one thing and I'm going into the store, I beeline for that aisle. I get the thing and I go to the checkout. 
But there's a camera in the parking lot. There's a camera in the yeah. But he's probably uh, looking down the whole time. Like you're you're walking. Yeah, you know what I'm saying like that's fair. Yeah, I guess I that it popped in my head in the movie theater, and I was like, you know how many cameras are in a grocery store? The, but the only thing I'll say about it, it's a small problem for me. It's it doesn't ruin anything. So part of me is glad Reverse Flash wasn't it because. I I don't mind changes to things. Like I, I want to see different takes. But two, if it reverse flash was in this, I worry if when they reboot or go to the James Gunn universe, if they want to do the reverse, reverse flash. flash. Yep. Because we're seeing this we're seeing time. this with Marvel, right? When Kevin Feige's like, I don't really want to touch Green Goblin again. I don't really want to touch Doc Ock, even though I feel like they could be played by other people. Kevin Feige and, and a lot of fans think Alfred Molina was the best and Willem Dafoe was the best and don't touch those. Right. And when the only way they touched them again was bringing their multiversal selves over, but I'm fine with seeing a different take on Doc Ock or a different take on uh, green goblin, because I think those are important characters, but that's the way it kind of works at times where people be like, we've used this character too many times. The only character that it'll never happen for is Joker because they'll have 50 million Jokers. They don't care. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I could see reverse flash and being like, that was touched on recently. If, if he showed up in this, because. Yeah. Save him for the DCU. Right. Save Save him for the DCU. We'll probably get a more accurate reverse flash suit, you know, Mm -hmm. than like dark flash was. But I, I do think that, part of me also wanted it to be reverse flash because after watching the tv show they they knocked that out of the park the the whole nora henry allen reverse flash flash barry stuff in season one of that show is the best way you can do that story because you have episodes you have multiple episodes so you can span it out but also it was just so well done that I kind of worry that like I kind of wanted to see that on the big screen, but I'm also Mm -hmm. glad they didn't because I think I would constantly compare it to the TV show who had much more, many more hours to cover that. Right. I, I didn't want to reverse flash in the movie because I didn't think they could fit everything in there. You had two berries, you had Michael Keaton Batman. You had Sasha Kaye. One of the major complaints about this movie that I have is that Sasha Kaye was underutilized and had so little time in the movie. I think this movie didn't have any time for breathing, and that would have been a worse problem with the reverse flash. Also, storyline would get a little confused because then you would have a big bad to this movie when the whole point of it is it's looked Look what you did, Barry. It's yeah, it's yeah. Barry figuring it out. It's the same concept. It's the same concept as Flashpoint. It's just done in a different way. I don't think that would have worked with Reverse Flash. I really don't. Because then people are like, oh, well, there's this bad guy here. General Zod was just flat enough to you know, work for that specific reason. If you have reverse flash there and the reverse flash is captivating the way that the character should be written, he's going to take over the movie. 
Yeah, yeah. I could, and that's what I'm saying. Like the TV show had so many more hours to deal with this because what you also have to explain then, right? And this is something that casuals wouldn't get, right? And it's that you have to explain that who this reverse Flash guy is, why he hates Barry so much, and the fact that he comes from the 25th century. Like you would have to, you would have to cover that at some point. And Barry would have no clue who this guy is yet because we haven't seen mm-hmm. them interact. So it would be really out of left field. I, I think what's interesting is that they actually seem to take more from Flashpoint Paradox than Flashpoint. Meaning, like, if we take them at their word that the, the killer was just a random guy, that's kind of how Flashpoint Paradox uh, showed it, too. Like, what, mm-hmm. you know, they never said Reverse Flash killed Barry's mom in Flashpoint Paradox. We talked about that when we covered that film but uh so i kind of saw some similarities um with that but barry's dad's present at least you know because in flashpoint paradox they don't even mention his dad yeah i think andy muschietti is more of a movie fan than a comic fan and i think you can tell i mean when he talks about batman he goes yeah he's so iconic um and talks about the michael keaton movies and he talks about uh, us watching him on the big screen and it's like you know, most most of the times people are like, oh, by the way, I've read a comic book. But he hasn't really done that with his press stuff. So I, I wouldn't surprise me if he took more from an animated movie than he did the comic book. But I, I really enjoyed Andy Muschietti's directing style on this. I think a lot of people have said it as pacing problems. And I like, no, it was a race. The whole movie was a race and they knew it. And the, it was a flash. It, and it was the Flash's perspective almost all the time. That's going to go fast. I, I, I just, uh, I thought it was so good. It was so, so well done. I think Muschietti did a great job with the Batman stuff. I think Michael Keaton over delivered. My my big complaint is I need more Sasha Kaye because she was great when we saw her. Oh, I didn't see her enough. See, when people say that, I thought that we were going to see her less than. I was actually surprised at how many times we did see her after hearing that Mm -hmm. from a few people. I do want to say I I liked her portrayal as Supergirl, but I I don't know if I want her to be in the movie going forward. And, And again, that's nothing to do with her. It's more of a, if this movie underperforms and then you get to Supergirl woman of tomorrow and then people see her in the trailer. It's going to be like, wait, so this is part of the flash. And then they're like, I didn't like that movie and they're not going to show up, (laughs) you know, or that's the problem we're running into. And that sucks for her because I think she did a really good job, but that's the way I think casuals think. And, and unfortunately that's going to hurt Warner brothers with that. I was very taken by, how serious and stoic the Supergirl was. I thought that was a strength of the movie. I really liked what I saw from Sasha Kaye, and I liked the interaction with, hey, Barry, why did you help me? Um, and, because you needed help. And that was one of the bigger subtle uh, hero moments in the movie. I, I think Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow offers a fresh start where you can go with a more traditional-looking Supergirl. James Dunn can pick his own actress. I, I I would bet that Sasha Kaye is not that. And I think the Flash movie, look, we have most of Slate 1 for DC, the DCU 
announced. I think they are giving themselves enough time to bring the Flash on later into the story and let this kind of just fade into nothing. That's my hunch. But if this is the end of the DCU and that's all it is, it's a hell of an exit. It's really a great job of going out there and leaving a legacy. I think this movie is fun. And again, I think this movie is going to have legs, maybe not in the box office, but I think when it gets on streaming, it's going to be very heavily streamed because I think this is a movie that it's not going to hit with everyone the way that it hit with me. It might not hit the way that it hit with you for somebody else. But if you're a fan, there's so much here for you. I think with Sasha Kaye, I think she, like I, like I said, I think she did a great job. I think, like you said, though, it's going to be James Gunn or whoever's directing that movie uh, wanting to bring in their own, their own casting, especially going forward. And I, I think, I think she'll understand that as, as well, you know, but it's just kind of like the, it wouldn't make sense for it to be her anyway, because we know Barry restored his timeline and we're not expecting to see Michael Keaton going forward. So it doesn't seem to make sense that we would see her going forward, but um, it opens a can of worms, doesn't it? Yeah. Because it's like, well, if she's, if she's Supergirl, then is Michael Keaton back? It, it's interesting. Uh, I One of the things I loved about this movie was Michael J. Fox. He was Back to the Future. Like, what are you talking about? And it's just a subtle way of saying, hey, when you mess with time, anything can happen. And there are so many little things like that. They didn't just do the big things. They took their time. And they fleshed out their own little Flashpoint world. They did a lot of different things to flesh out the Flashpoint world. And then I like when he's trying to look up for, you know, the Justice League. He goes, Victor Stone, all right, he's not Cyborg yet. And he goes through, and it was a really nice. I think what's good about this movie is, especially because DCU has had so many ups and downs and misses, and not everyone's been on the ride the whole time. You didn't have to watch anything else for this. I really appreciated that. Because, you know, if you were on the ride the whole time, you, you knew exactly what he was thinking and what he was doing. And if you weren't, it caught you up to speed. Yeah, the Back to Future thing is great, too, because that's my favorite movie. And it's based off a true story. Uh, for people that don't know, Eric Stoltz was originally playing Marty McFly for, I don't know, the first uh, couple weeks of filming until they realized it wasn't working. And they wanted to go get their number one choice, which was Michael J. Fox. And they really... You know, told Michael J. Fox to, they had to make a deal with his TV show because he was on Family Ties at the time, and that means Michael J. Fox ended up working the days at Family Ties and filming nights at Back to the Future, and it was hell on him. But I, I think it's great. Um, the only unrealistic part of that is, I think, is that I don't think the movie would have resonated as much with Eric Stoltz. So the fact that, uh, you know, the guy has a tattoo of Eric Stoltz is a little outlandish, but um, I thought that was funny. Um, a, a great little reference there for, for people that know that stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, th that was great. Like you said, they kind of flesh out that whole world. The Wonder Woman, what was that, Vegas show or whatever? Yep. <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, so we saw. Uh, they even called Arthur Curry's dad. Yes, and they're like, Tamora you want to talk to my dog? You want to talk to my dog? And you're like, but you didn't like meet a woman like off the out out of the water, 
And he like, looks at his wife. You have to be in like, a landing. No. <laughs> <laughs> I I would have I would have laughed really hard if she said you didn't mean like an Atlantean woman that kind of looked like Nicole Kidman. <laughs> they could have been really tongue in cheek with this kind of stuff, but uh, that was that was really fun. I I liked everything they did with that, and you know I was just down for the ride. Ezra Miller is frustratingly good at what he does because I know. It, this is not supporting Ezra Miller. This is not condoning Ezra Miller. And I'm a little annoyed that every review has to say that before they can talk about the movie. Like, I feel like we can just talk about the movie, but he is so damn good in this role. And I don't necessarily cast him as Barry. I never understood why he was cast as Barry. But what he did in this movie was my favorite part of the movie. His... You know, I'm in a spot where I found a lot of perspective and I'm going through a career change and I'm kind of being the person that I think I need to be. And he was, and I would love to talk to my younger self. And I would love to talk to my younger self. And he's with a version of his of himself that hasn't gone through all the things that he's gone through, that hasn't had those scars that define him. And I just that was what I kept thinking about in this movie is, you know. You know, if you could go back to a younger part of yourself that maybe doesn't have some of those scars, they wouldn't have had those lessons that you had. And it would get really frustrating. It would be a really interesting look in the mirror. And I that was my favorite part of the movie. And Ezra Miller, say what you will about him, he delivered the goods in this movie. It's so frustrating that he's the Flash and we have all this controversy. but he delivered yeah um so the, the two berries you know was done very well i didn't realize that they didn't film ezra twice they apparently just mapped uh their face onto another um body or whatever in most scenes it looks okay uh there was there was some parts where it was a little a little rough uh, I, I was thinking of i'd say most of the time when they were not in a mask it was fine uh but when they have when they're flying to rush i think it was or when younger barry is wearing the flash suit while they're in the plane and it cuts to his face and he's talking his mouth looked totally like fake like cgi and 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 that's the kind of thing that I was like, whoa, like that looks weird. Why is just talking looking weird? But I guess it's because they mapped his, you know, mapped their face onto, uh, onto the other Barry. So. Mm -hmm. And that's why this film isn't perfect. It it had some mistakes and I I feel like it would have been fixable by just having the, the camera outside the plane and this have the dialogue. Just curious why they didn't just film them twice. Uh, You know, I, I guess they were trying to save time with that. There was production hell on this movie. I think getting this movie over with was a thing. Ezra would still have to deliver the line, so they still had to film Ezra recording it at some point. So yeah. Weird. Yeah, it's weird. I, I feel like sometimes the movies can take a tech, technology and kind of make their stamp with it. Like the Batman, what they did with the background was kind of revolutionary and now other movies are doing the same thing and this i don't think is going to be starting any trends 
Yeah, I guess let's let's talk about the Chrono Bowl. Um because that is the speed force when they're, you know, mm-hmm. running through. I do want to say I, I what I liked about this is that it seemed to be a reference to the cosmic treadmill. Um Yep. It looks like they're on a treadmill. I mean they're not, but the way that they're like running in place and everything's changing around them made it look like the cosmic treadmill to me. So I I quite liked that. But um this is where a lot of people's complaints come in. Now, if you're if you're taking into what um Andy Muschietti said that this was intentionally done this way, which I do, I do believe that because for the Chrono Bowl, I believe it. Uh for other things, I don't For the Barry's face. <laughs> Barry's face is Batman's cape yeah. and stuff like that. Like that was just mm-hmm. CGI. But for this, it was like this, you know, they wanted to give it this weird look when and things are like almost like popping up, almost like pop-up books. And it, it looks mm-hmm. crazy, but they look very uncanny valley, you know, like the Barry's dad. And when you see uh, what, like Superman, right, from from Justice League when he's awake and shirtless and fighting them. You, you get like those type of things that are flipping up the babies show up again when he's like trying to figure out what time to stop in. I think that's a fine decision. I will say though, it did look, it did not look great. And I get that it was, you know, this intention of wanting to show the speed force, but I think maybe it should have been more stylized because it gets to a point where it just looks uncanny Valley. And it, to me, it just kind of takes me out a bit. Um, Or they could have just filmed and actually had them look like their, their real selves use stock footage or, I don't think they watched the TV show because the TV show did this very well. You just see a blue, you just see a blue like streak. So then you see the faces pop up and that's it. And I feel like that they overthought this. They, they, I think they overdeveloped the speed force and this uh, chrono bowl. I think that's what they did. I enjoyed it. I liked it, but it, and I didn't really think it looked as like wonky to the point where it took me out of the movie. I'm not a big CGI complainer because I, I'm not a, I feel like everyone feels like they're a CGI expert. And, you know, I, we're dealing with some fantastical stuff. Yeah. So I'm not, I, I don't have that hiccup with movies. There are times when I'll say, Hey, that didn't look great, but I think this whole CGI is bad leaves very little room for artistic liberties. I think we are living in too much of a world that is worried about realism Mm -hmm. and, you know, and everything has to look real and realistic and be grounded. And we're talking about the flash, right? The fastest man alive. We're talking about running faster than the speed of light. I think some of the complaints are unfair. So I believe Muschietti um, tried to do it this way. Now, could he have taken more notes for the TV show that did it very well? Yes. But like, I, I, I like the idea. I'll say that I like the idea of like him being surrounded by the same moments and then being kind of like mm-hmm. levels, right? Like you have like something up here, then it kind of going like up a stairs almost, right? Like almost like you're in a mm-hmm. stadium and everything's going up levels around you. I like the idea of it. Um, and I can excuse it. I can like, look, I'm watching 
the CW Flash, where I, I can clearly tell that it's not Grant running up a building, right? Like, I could clearly tell that. So I can excuse it. Um, but I I can see why it would take other people out of it. Um, I think if you go more stylized, it leads to, like, less uncanny valley and could be more like, oh, that looks cool. That looks, you know, like... Maybe it's not a, supposed to be a one-on-one recreation of the person, you know. Um, like maybe if you did almost like a pop-up book, right? Like where you can tell it's not like just this clay figure of somebody. Like, you know, I think they could have went even more wild with it, and I think people would probably come back saying, "Oh man, that looked really, that looked really cool." But it's not going to ruin ruin the movie for me. The stuff that takes me out more when it comes to CGI is not this stuff, the stuff that everybody's complaining about. It's the stuff that is, like we talked about before, the Barry's mouth looking weird. I mean, that's really my biggest complaint with this. Oh, and the suit. The suit is a complaint for me because it's giving me Green Lantern vibes where they made the whole suit out of CG. And that's yeah, I like the suit. I I really like the suit. Yeah, he just I don't know. Like I think I like the basic look of it, but I I think I'm hoping for like a cloth suit next time. Like, uh, you know, I, I like the basic look of it. It would look great in a comic, but I think on screen they could have even printed this thing up and then just added the yellow lights. You know, going up and down like the lines. Right. But it just that looked a little overly like. Uh, it made him look weird moving, not when he's running, but like when he's just standing at times. Uh, but you know, that's whatever. I think the suit overall is, is fine, but just wondering why we're not too big of a head. Yeah. I just wonder why we're not doing that. Cal was off a little bit. It's just like, at times I feel like we nail things years ago, like doing physical suits. And then, when we get in the future, they just think, oh, we'll CG it. Because you see it with the Iron Man stuff, too, where, they, I mean, you know, it, it just, I, I want to see, like, Flash suits are getting worse. Suit, man. Flash, I like the suit, but Flash suits in general are getting worse. John Wesley Ship had the best Flash suit. That was in 1990. That, that suit is the best Flash suit. I'm sorry. It looks awesome. It's my favorite Flash suit. I, it's so simple. It's so cheap. And it, it should be simple. Perfect. The Flash's suit should be simple. He's the Crimson Comet. He's the Scarlet Speedster. Look, if you're not going Jay Garrick with a helmet with the wings, I then y- y- your decisions have been made for you. He's a Scarlet Speedster. That's what he is. I don't understand it. Um, I like the suit. Uh, I I get the complaints. I think the cowl is the problem. That was you fine fix with the, the cowl. cowl. I, I think it for me it was like the hips. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's the part that really I didn't have a no problem me. with the hips. <laughs> I, you know, people keep saying he runs weird. He does. I'm like, he does. I, I'm like, fine, but I think it's in character because, like, if Ezra Miller did anything normally, it would almost be off putting. Like, the guy is a weird cat. He's, Look, he's, Grant, he's a different guy to guy. Grant Gustin runs weird too. I don't know what it is about the Flash, but these because people... you over accentuate the running style. Yeah. You have to. Well, yeah, because they're on like, a green You have to over accentuate. Yeah, I mean, especially because a lot of it's fake running. Yeah. It's not yeah. like he's he's running, running a marathon to do. But yeah, so I mean, it's gonna look unnatural. Nobody else can run like that. 
So run as weird as you'd like. I, well, you know, as long as you're the fastest man alive, it doesn't matter. What was funny too is when when he lost his speed and he tries running, uh, and he looks so weird running. I laughed. That was one of the <laughs> best. Really yes, good. I cracked up. Well, I, you know, I was a little worried about this movie because remember I told you I bought uh, tickets early and I had about seven people already bought tickets. Uh, it was eight people in the theater. That's um, yeah, I, I was like, Uh-oh. that's what I was going to ask. And then, the, yeah, and then this guy in front of me before the movie goes, "Are you here for Michael Keaton?" And I was, I was like, "Yeah, I guess." And he goes, "I'm here for Michael Keaton. I'm not really here for the Flash." And I was like, "Yep." It's like, well, you great. went at, you went at four fifteen too, right? Like, yeah, it, yeah, it was a. It was an early showing. Um, it was Westminster. Westminster's pretty lame in the first place. I mean, I, I, I live here. I can say it. Um, but uh, I, I mean, but that scene where he's he starts running, I'm cracking up, and nobody else is laughing. And I'm like, oh crap. So let's talk about this. I wanted to talk about our theater experiences. So you had okay. like eight people. Mine was pretty packed. I mean, ours is a small theater, but I would say 20 people. It's a small theater. Um, it wasn't full. Um, it probably fits. No, it, it it's like 10 rows, of, uh, 10 seats a row, 14 seats a row. So hold on. One, two, three, four. So we probably had like less than 50 in a probably like 75 seat theater. I don't know, but I I went at eight 30, the vibe in my theater. I can't tell how they felt about it. Uh, Mm. And I've been seeing this. Some of the jokes land and some of them. Yeah. I've been seeing this sentiment online where people have kind of said like they left their theater feeling a little deflated, like the the whole place, you know, Um, there was things that I was laughing at that I was the only one laughing at. Okay. And then, and again, close to 50 people. And then there are some things that got a pretty big roar, you know, that, uh, that I was like, okay, that, that landed for them. So I'm really curious to see how tomorrow will do now tomorrow. I'm trying to go at like 11 something in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so far only one seat is sold. So you got your own private show. Yeah, pretty know? much. I might. Well, I, I kind of like it when I can put my popcorn in the next seat. Yeah, yeah, I can put my popcorn in the next seat. Well, you know, I, my, you know, my theater that we went to this time, not the one I'll go to tomorrow, but we have the recliners and it has a little table uh-huh. for you to put your uh, stuff on. Oh, the table would be nice. Yes. I don't have the table bar. It's really nice. So I have one other anecdote from my theater experience. I go get popcorn before the theater and the lines are pretty long, but this girl at the, uh, this girl, you know, there was a lot of different showings of the flash too. There was, uh, and there, you know, there was a lot of spider verse traffic. I think, um, there, I I think spider verse is hopping pretty much everywhere, but I'm decked out in flash gear. I have a flash hat. I had the movie shirt on that I bought. I had a lanyard that had my flash ring and a BVS keychain and a, and a flash keychain. I was decked out in flash gear. And this girl at the counter is going, Ezra Miller is a flash. I can't believe anyone would see this movie. And they go, turn around. 
And I'm like, hi. <laughs> and it was kind of funny because, you know, it was it's like, like innocent, but um, yeah, I had my, kind of I had my hat on and my shirt on and I was like telling my wife, I was like, I was like, if they, like, if they say, oh, you're here to see the flash. I was going to be like the what? <laughs> I'd be like, no, I just to see Spider-Verse. I dress like this to I see I thought this was the Big Bang Theory stuff. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, my theater, there was another part that I wanted to kind of highlight is right at the end. When it ended, the, the stuff came on. Yeah. Girl, a row or two behind me turns to her, I don't know, friend or significant other. I didn't turn around to see. She's like, that seals that I'm more of a Marvel girl. <laughs> so again, that's another casual fan reaction there. Um, I don't get this more of a Marvel thing or more of a DC thing. Like I'm a DC guy. I have a DC bias. I understand that. But like general audience people who aren't fans, who don't read comics, I don't get what the difference is for them. I honestly don't get it at this point, especially because this wasn't anything outside of what you would see in a Marvel movie. I'm sorry. I don't understand. Like if the flash was a Marvel character, this would be a very similar movie. I mean, to me, this was, even at the worst, even if you didn't like it, it was on par with multiverse of madness. Like, it's not like, like if you did, if you thought it was like a six or seven out of 10, you could put it, you know, compare it to that. Like, I just, I don't understand the, oh, I'm more of a Marvel thing. So it's just put down against DC against people who have no stake in either Marvel or DC. It's hilarious. It's a weird built in bias of the general audience that I can't stand. Soapbox over. I think there is something to be said about the, the way that Marvel connected with audiences, um, both comics and, and TV that I think DC has missed out on. And I think anything tied to this universe that started with Man of Steel has an uphill battle uh, with the general public. I do think it is interesting as much as I did like that they revisit the Man of Steel stuff with this movie. It is an interesting choice to to kind of revisit a movie that did okay and wasn't all that well received. You know, like there, there's these Yeah. This is the kind of stuff where I I don't know what is turning away the people. Is it Ezra? Is it just they don't care about the Flash if it's not Grant? Is it the Flash is not popular? Is it they don't care about Keaton? What is it, right? And that's what I kind of want to get into. With I'm, I'm starting to wonder if they couldn't get a tax write off, and that's the reason we we had the movie. I'm I starting think they to wonder. Generally think I thought I think they genuinely think it was a good movie. I think James Gunn is not. Oh, it is, and it, it, I, it is a good movie. And I think Zaslav is not bullshitting. I I think they really do thought they had a hit on their hand from all the tests uh mm-hmm. the re- there's a reason they put this fan screenings out was not I do think the fan screenings hurt it. Yeah, I I think so too and I think they thought it would go the other way with how much good mm-hmm. buzz they were getting. But it's So odd. okay, so, so here's what happened what I'm seeing is there was so much positivity that people were thinking it was manufactured bullshit. Yes, they rose to and, the occasion to negate that positivity. Yep, and 
then you so a lot of people say they go into the theater managing expectations. Well, DC literally made that impossible for people. So just about every negative review starts out the same. Was it the best superhero movie of all time, as told by James Gunn and Tom Cruise and Stephen King? Oh, come on, people. I First off, there should be a rule that every negative review shouldn't be the same exact thing. Because this movie, every negative review, half of them I don't think have seen the movie because everyone is just copy and paste. The plagiarism I have seen on on negative reviews is insane, and the positive reviews, even with criticism, like we've we've had criticisms of the movie, there's so there's so many different places we're going with it because we connected and uh, enjoyed and chewed up the material. Like I just I don't understand why people had a vendetta against this movie, and it's very similar with Harry Potter where. As I don't support what J.K. Rowling believes in, but that does not mean I don't enjoy Harry Potter. Like I, that's when you decide that you can't watch something because Ezra Miller or J.K. Rowling is involved. What you're doing is you're saying they have the power over this IP. They have the power over these characters that I've connected with. They have the power over the messages that have resonated with me, and you're twisting you're twisting the things that you like away from you and i i think that's a real problem but the vendettas against this movie i have a real hard time with because there's a lot of people involved and the snyderverse is ending one way or the other people like you're not there's no way that this movie could bomb and James Gunn can't do what he wants to do. And if I see one more person say James Gunn's The Flash, it's nothing to do with this movie. Absolutely nothing to do with this movie outside of promoting it because he's the head of DCU now. So I, the negativity about this movie, there have been a few people that have given it fair praise and fair criticism, and I have listened and said, okay, I get it. The abject negativity is a problem. It, it makes no sense. Here, Here's a problem I have. I leave the theater, right, or credits come mm-hmm. up, and breaking news, Andy Muschietti is directing Batman the Brave and the Bold. The takes I see are absolutely wild. One take was Batman fans are about to finally be humbled. Um, I had seen people say that, what, I think Jeff Snyder tweeted out, like, so James Gunn's strategy to revitalize the DC brand is to hire the same people the previous regime did. And I'm tired of everyone acting like a director is only as good as his last movie because it's BS. Mm -hmm. Uh, Spielberg has had duds. Spielberg has had hits. James Gunn saw this movie. He did like it. That's not BS because he wouldn't hire Andy Muschietti if he didn't like what he saw. Agreed. And I saw the same sort of stuff with Star Wars. James Mangold is tapped to write this 25,000-year-old you know, Star Wars story. And he did Logan. And he's doing Indy 5. And once reviews came out that were poor for Indy 5, everyone was saying, well, 
he might lose Swamp Thing now. He might lose Star Wars now. And I'm like, this is a guy that directed Logan. And you're going to say just because critics didn't like Indy 5, you're ready to take everything away from him? What are we doing? <laughs> you know, it's, yep. it's mind-boggling. It's hyperbolic to the point that it doesn't make sense. It's Taika, polarizing just to be Taika polarizing. Watiti, right? Oh, Taika is incredibly talented. I don't actually like some of his humor, but that's the same thing with, like, some people don't like James Gunn's humor, and they still admit he's a talented person. Well, yeah, like, like everybody loved Ragnarok. Thor Love mm-hmm. and Thunder comes out, and now people are saying he should lose his Star Wars movie. They're saying he is awful. I mean... The, the way that people just change as soon as Thor Ragnarok is a out, great movie. As soon as a new movie comes out, they're like, "Never mind, this guy sucks." It it is absolutely bonkers the way people's well, mind goes. If we could just change one thing about the comic book movie community, because it's a community we talk, even the people that we don't like are in this community. Uh, this community, we have a lot of friends. We connect. We we talk to people. We share, we share our interests. If we could change one thing, it would be that we don't make up our minds about the movie before we've seen it. Like, I was nervous when I came into the theater because Damn. I needed to love this movie. I needed to love this movie. But I didn't go into the movie saying I was going to love it if I didn't like it. Like, if I didn't like it, you would find out that I didn't like it. I was very happy to like it. Um, I... I think we need to stop having agendas as fans. I think we need to stop asking for only one thing. And I think we need to stop being hypocrites. The people who uh, are in the Snyder cults, they fought for the Snyder cut to be revealed. And it finally was. And one of their marching cries was, artistic freedom and integrity of the artist and then since they've gotten what they wanted and they 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 acted like they didn't get enough and nobody else can have artistic freedom nobody else can have artistic freedom and that's the problem right now is look the flash is not a bad movie if it's not your favorite movie, I'm completely fine with that. If you don't like it, I'm fine with it. But if you say it's a trash film, I you didn't watch the same movie I watched. There was that was a lot of quality there. And last time I checked, you don't work in a CGI uh, movie studio. You you don't. So I I have a real hard time with the way this movie is being treated. And we're not allowed to be happy, so we just have to enjoy it for ourselves. Because the rest of the world's not coming along. I mean, the CGI thing is what too, it is. Like every film that's not Avatar is looking the same with this stuff. So it's got to be something deeper than just DC or Marvel having CG issues. I mean, uh, it's got to be something deeper. And part of it was the backlog after COVID. You know, of uh-huh. you know CG places trying to get more shots done and stuff. But, um. It can't just be like I, I saw somebody saying like I, hopefully the Batman and Brave and Bold don't have this much CG or else it's gonna look like crap and I'm like it doesn't Andy Muschietti doesn't do the CG right watch a movie from the 80s and tell me this looks like crap watch a movie from the 90s right. watch a movie from the early 2000s the idea that this looks like crap to you is insane 
I understand that PlayStation 5 and Xbox, whatever we're on, looks incredible. I understand that we are in a modern marvel uh, of technology. I get it. But the idea that this stuff looks horrible? This stuff looks horrible? I, I It's... No, I've seen horrible CGI. I watched the uh, third Matrix movie, okay? <laughs> I've seen, where everything was rubber. That was when when you know everyone started saying, "Oh, it just looks like rubber." Um, you know, there are bad CGI. I'm not saying there isn't. And in this movie, it could be better in places. But the idea that it's a bad movie and that the I saw one person say, "How did they feel comfortable putting this in the movie theater?" It's a clearly unfinished product. Like, if you don't want a movie for the next 25 years, fine. I mean, we they've been trying to make a movie since the 80s about The Flash. The, the, they finally announced that the movie would happen when Grant Gustin was freaking cast to play The Flash. And you're telling me, now that I finally have a movie that speaks to me, that is connects to me, that is meaningful to me, that because something one shot of the movie didn't meet your fancy we're not allowed to like it yeah yeah, a lot of people that do complain are watching cam rips on twitter and stuff and not actually in the theater for it low quality videos online and you know i don't understand how it's legal to have all these clips it's not They, 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 they usually start getting taken down um but they spread for, you know, a few hours or a day or two before they get shut down. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like this went negative and we were so positive <laughs> about this movie. Well, let's let's uh, I guess <laughs> you can be positive maybe with the box office here. I'm going to probably be negative. Okay. With it because... I'll try. I'll try. So it is making like nine million on previews. Now, what I want to stress is that's including the monday the tuesday the tuesday whatever day it was the 12th, the 12th. those showings which I mean, so this is what's so crazy about movies now is that they don't they don't accurately you know the the friday number is including uh-huh. thursday and in this case it's including monday uh, tuesday Look. as well you had so many people wanting to see this movie jordan that you had packed Select cities, packed theaters for free across this country. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I understand that. But you had that many people showing up, waiting in line. And from what I understand, it wasn't very pleasant. You know, it was like they overbooked them like crazy. And then, look, just think if that many people saw the movie for money on opening day, like it would have been a lot better you're see there's a lot of people who said hey, i've seen it i'm not going to go see it again and it caused leaks to come out a little earlier um mm-hmm. okay so here's the fr- everything is leaked from this movie here's everything here's a friday afternoon update which is not great okay. not great for the movie here Fri- uh, 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 it's going that way <laughs> friday afternoon the friday total is heading towards 26 mil that's including Ugh. that's including the nine mil number we already had um if it wasn't including it, it's not horrible. A three-day total of sixty-four million, with a four-day of maybe seventy-two million. Uh, the bad thing for this movie too is it's male-heavy. We're looking at seventy-four percent males to female ratio. 
Makes sense. Yeah, uh, not not great. Um, usually it's more of a 60-40 split. So for some reason, um, some some of it could be the Ezra Miller stuff, I guess. Um, if they're oh, I think that's very much the women, Ezra Miller you know. stuff. I, I I if I was look, if I wasn't such a Flash fan, like if I wasn't a fan of this property, I'd probably be like, I have reasons not to watch it. I understand right. it. I. I'm trying. I'm trying to defend the movie because there's so many other people involved. But if you genuinely think you can't watch this movie because of Ezra Miller, I'm not going to tell you I don't understand because I've thought about it too. So post track does these exit score things. Um, general audiences are giving this four stars and a sixty percent recommend. Um, that's in line with Quantum Mania. Okay. Mm-hmm. And a three and a half stars for kids under 12 and a 57% recommend. Now, kids under 12 are not really digging this movie. I can see why. There's not a lot for them to get. Some of the jokes are sexual, uh, right? That they're not probably understanding. Um, It's about Man of Steel, which is a movie that came out when they were (laughs) not born. Uh, Honestly, the problem (laughs) is that you and I are the... You and I are the target audience yes. of this. We are Flash fans who happen to be in their 30s around the same time as Ezra Miller. We are close enough to our younger selves that we can still connect to that and far away from our younger selves that we see we can relate to the older Barry. We are the target audience, and that's the problem. If your target audience is 30-something-year-old white guys, it's it's not a broad enough net. And what we have to remember too, Thursday nights are usually more skewed to be better on these rankings because it's the diehards going out that day. And kids usually are higher than the adults because they usually love everything. So it's weird that kids are not, I don't think the Flash is a big character. I I don't think he is the in the pantheon of characters that a Batman is, that a Superman is. I mean, he's right below I, them, I, though. I mean, no, I understand, but I there's the if there wasn't the TV show, the Flash would have very little relevance right now. Um, and most people dropped off of the TV show. Uh, Actually, I don't know when people are. People say they dropped off the TV show in season four. That's that's what you hear from every person on Twitter. The numbers pretty it, much the whole agree key, with yeah. that uh, rating. No, I understand, but it's uh, it, it's like a line at this point. Um, oh, I stopped watching season four. Like I love the ones who <laughs> like talk about the bad guy in season four and say they didn't they haven't watched since like yeah, season yeah. two. Well, you know, th- it's like there was this um, there was this thread. Of, uh, you know, I always make this joke when we were talking about it too, that it's getting like earlier and earlier now. Right. So before it was like Mm -hmm. season six, like, right. And then I started seeing people say season four is when it goes downhill. And then I see people say, you really only have two seasons that are good. And then I see some people say, Uh you only have one that's good. I literally saw somebody the other day say the pilot's really great. After that, it falls apart. Like, oh my gosh! <laughs> I was like, "Wow, we're gonna get to the point where it's like the first five minutes, perfect. Uh, the rest of it." <laughs> oh my gosh! I okay. So I 
It's kind of like the opposite of when I went to school, right. I went up 65 feet of snow. Uh, but uh, I don't know, man. I, I just think we get to the point where we've made our minds up before we, we make our minds up. And things are polarized. And when things get polarized, what I've noticed with movies, and unfortunately it's like this with politics too, but we're not going to go to that realm because I just can't do it today. Uh, when we talk about movies, we do it with sports too is we do this thing where we decide this is the way the wave goes. And then the wave goes that way, and everybody else is just like, oh, so our, our opinions are just absolutely, they don't count? Okay. Uh, and you just kind of go away because the wave went that way. There's nothing you can do. The wave went that way. Um, and, and it doesn't matter. Like, people will not watch this movie. I know my brother said that he he'll see it when it gets on streaming. He has no he he's got no rush. He told me because I'm such a fan that I'm probably not objective enough. So he'll listen to the review of somebody else. Um uh, yeah, that that was fun. Um like I just I'm telling you man, the the wave goes that way and people just they just go. Yeah, it, and the preview screenings made that wave start. With the internet, it's it's always at a point of everything's the best thing ever, the worst thing ever. Nothing is ever just okay. Nothing is ever mm-hmm. just good. Everything is the best thing or the worst thing. Um, and we see it all the time. And, and we get that all you the know, time with sports too, like you said, where it's like, yeah. who's the best of all yeah. time? It's usually the player that's playing currently is, you know. Patrick Mahomes yeah. is the greatest quarterback <laughs> in the NFL's history. We're going to ignore the fact that Tom Brady has all the rings. Right. We're going to ignore the fact that Peyton Manning exists. Patrick Mahomes, the great – yeah, I got you. Um, one of the things that's driving me nuts about this is that people are so quick to, like, just jump on one thing. Like, one thing, and it's not perfect. Like, the, you said they're recommending four stars, 60% recommending, and they're rating it four stars. A four-star movie – it's gotten to the point where it's a disappointment. Yeah. Four out of five stars is now a disappointment. It used to be for me that if I rated something three, two and a half, that was a disappointment. Four stars is now a disappointment. That is a unsustain unsustainable rate. I just don't think people I don't think people want to be happy anymore, it feels like. Well, it's like they want so, to be angry. So it's not so much that it's bad. What we're looking at when we look at that and like cinema scores and stuff like that, because mm-hmm. you'll see this all the time when people say like a B plus cinema score, you're thinking, because that's what I'm projecting for this is around. I hear a B, B plus. Yeah, B. I hear B plus and I'm like, oh God, that's an F, isn't it? Pretty much. And, and, and what we're looking at is not like at, as being as a bad score, what we look at it more on is how it le- how it'll affect the legs, right? So if anybody yep. that doesn't know anything about box office, for you to have good legs in your movie, you pretty much need A plus, A or A minus. That's it. If you're in the B's, unless if you're a horror film or a rated R film, mm-hmm. a B is not good. Um, the, the okay, the day down. I literally the day Thursday. I, I was talking to somebody and they said, you know, I heard it was really awful. I heard some really bad things about the flash. I'm not sure I want to see it. Um, and I heard that from a few people on Thursday and I'm like, damn it. 
It's just, I, it's just like I, there's nothing you can do. And then you say, "Oh, well, you should watch it." And you're the you're the contrarian. You they're not listening to you. You're the contrarian. Um, I think this box office is going to be underwhelming. But you know what? The good news is we can cap it off as the DCEU is done. What I, I, I'm focused on right now is what does James Gunn do to make Superman Legacy hit? Because This is the question, right? There is a perception yep. now with, bat, with with movies that are not Batman-led for the DC uh-huh. that it's going to be tough to turn around. And it starts yep. all the way back at Green Lantern pre-Man of Steel, but then you had Man of Steel, which, you know, I think... Again, if we go back to my Man of Steel talk when we when we did that, I said on there that if they probably done a second one that wasn't BVS, you probably might build up some momentum with that. But when you have that, and then you had the absolute crash of BVS critically, and and again, people saying Flash is really bad. If you look at the tomato score, it's not nearly as, <laughs> as isn't bad it as like ninety five percent audience. Oh no! Now it's down to eighty six. It is down to eighty. Okay. Now, okay. Which is okay. like Black Adam esque. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what is it with lightning bolts in DC? Yeah, DC and lightning so bolts. Well right now. The general audience just doesn't care. Like if you had an S or a bad on your chest, you have a much stronger chest. Uh, you know what? I think the Flash needs a lasso. That'll fix the problem. <laughs> it, it's so frustrating. Lightning lasso. I, I hope that this does it. And, you know, people will say there was a lot of bad takes of like, oh, now D- James may never get anything more than just Superman. I'm like, it's going to hinge on how well Superman does. Yeah. How do you now? I, I, I think part of it is a new aesthetic. Well, you know, Blue Beetle's going to underperform. Oh, yeah. That and Aquaman 2 are going to underperform. Um, When it comes to the aesthetic, that might help change it. Again, with this being related to BVS and Man of Steel, that S that she wears is Henry Cavill's S. That may have turned people away too. They're like, "Oh, that's." I'd say it would have been smart to change the S. They could have, but she's supposed they, to come from the same. Again, the way that they did that whole movie in Man of Steel is that yeah. that suit was already made, right? right? And it was sitting there, and that's their S that they have. So you you couldn't change it too much, I guess. No, I feel like you could because I feel like that. I feel like that wouldn't be like, oh, why she have a different S? No one's leaving the theater asking that question. There would be some. Uh, I would probably ask that question. <laughs> um, but we're nerds. Yeah, we're yeah. talking about ner- appealing to general. Yeah, audience the general here. audience wouldn't care. But I, I do think that's going to be part of the thing that needs to change is the aesthetic. If they see a more similar Superman to what they see in comics or what they remember from Christopher Reeve, that might help them realize this is not the same thing. And that is why it was crucial to recast Henry Cavill and why I do think it's to recast Sasha Kaye is because there's a stink here with the Snyderverse or the DCEU, whatever you want to call it, that it is, the general public has where they, it's almost like they see it and they think it can't be good. Right. Like the suicide squad had really good press. Uh, 
nobody showed up for that, partly because of COVID, partly because it's on HBO Max mm-hmm. same day. But I feel like The Flash is the most talked about movie on the internet ever, and it's not. Like, it's what this idea that no attention is bad attention is really getting questioned here. I, I wonder to me if it's James Gunn's key is going to be soundtracks. It's going to be soundtracks and music that connects with the audience because that was Guardians. Guardians, you know, the soundtrack for Guardians was huge in each movie. And I feel like, look, I tried to keep listening to the soundtrack for this movie. I couldn't find it on YouTube music. I could just find Run and Worlds Collide, and that was it. And, you know, I'm, I, you know, going into this movie, that, that was a little disappointing for me. And, um, especially because I like to listen to scores when I write because, you know, words kind of distract me, but I need something. And so I was really disappointed with that. I, I think that might be a way to do it. James Gunn's music taste could really help with Superman. I'd be interested in the songs that he picks for Superman. What, the, but, what they'll really have to do is lean heavily on the fact that it's a new universe and two uh-huh. by the guy who brought you guardians one, two, and three. <laughs> I like, I know they did that for suicide squad, but still rated R yeah. is a barrier for some. Yeah. It was, it's little, gotta be a four quadrant film. It was too much for my parents. It was too much for my wife. Like my parents went and saw it. I don't think they done the suicide squad being too much for anybody boggles my mind, to be honest with you, because it's like, Especially because it's Quentin Tarantino esque, like it's but almost played for laughs. The violence—he's <laughs> not for everyone. No, I get it. I just—I feel like that's like, uh, I—it's not like watching the TV show Dahmer or anything that I could understand will scar you for your life. But um, I still have yeah, I, horrible. I, I know like, nightmares about that show. Flashpoint, but, Flashpoint paradox. I talked about how maybe that was a little too much for me. Not yeah. like you know, that turned me off a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Suicide Squad is so different because it is played for laughs. I can, I, when it's right. for laughs, I can do that. If you're talking about me going to see Saw, I can't do that. Like, yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not into the, no. I kind of like horror and suspense, but I don't really like the blood and guts, like just nasty to be nasty sake. So I understand that a hundred percent. My question to you is, is it a color palette? Is it a color palette that uh, DC is too dark and Marvel? Because I feel like I see a lot of Marvel movies now are getting away from the cookie cutter formula, and it's kind of hurting them. Eternals. Um, I, yeah, um, you know, I would even argue Multiverse of Madness really straight away from the that Marvel movie formula. Let's make a billion though. Um... It well, I think Doctor Strange and uh, Scarlet Witch are such big pulls. Now um, they are, yeah. Right after now. Endgame, yeah. After Endgame, yeah. Right. Before Endgame, that wouldn't have made no. money. Um, but yeah, what I, I want to see, what I want to see from James Gunn, and, and and the the future of the DCU is bright, vibrant, bright. Uh, fun, fun. I mean, when you look at his Suicide Squad, it has that. Like the 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 suits people are wearing are comic accurate. They're bright. They're not like hidden, mm-hmm. murky. I mean, the fact that 
in Zack Snyder's Justice League uh, that he's wearing the black suit for so long is is a crime against humanity in my in my opinion. Because well, it, it, it's missing the entire point of the solar regeneration part of right. it. Like it's <laughs> literally it serves a purpose. That's all the black suit is. Like read the death of ne- never mind, never mind, <laughs> never mind. Oh my god, uh, you you get me going on these things. What I think James Gunn needs to lean into what people want. I think, look, if you've been on the internet for five seconds, Corn Sweat and Brosnahan are the front runners for what everybody wants. And I think Lois Lane in this movie needs to be witty. I think the comedy needs to be coming from the fact that, you know, it's very Smallville-esque where, you know, oh, Clark is Kansas. Um, Clark is Smallville. Clark is Kansas and... Lois is the big city, witty, uh, you come in Kansas, that kind of vibe. That is what you need from here. And I think Rachel Brosnan can be the witty, the quick-witted, and she is with Miss Maisel. I think that would be – I just give me corn sweat and Brosnahan, and I'll relax a little bit because I think you need to lean into what you want. What you cannot do is go into an unknown, to a person that nobody believes in, we have already started hyping these people up. Lean into that, and then you really... Well, th- what I want to clarify here, too, is uh, James Gunn was on Michael Rosenbaum's um, Inside of You podcast. And I listened to it. It was good. Yeah, and he does say on there that some of those testing screen, like screen test stuff is incorrect, um, mm-hmm. and that some of it comes from agents just trying to pump up their client. So while... I kind of think that's what's happened to Corn Sweat. Actually, I, I don't know if he's. Yeah. As, I don't know if he's as in it. But he looks the part. I haven't seen him in anything, exactly. so it's not like that's, they... that's the issue. Um, he looks yeah. it. I don't know if he can do it, but if he can act it, yeah, I'll take an unknown. I, I don't care as long. I trust who James Gunn is going to cast here. I I get it, but I here's the problem with this is you. I just wish you could borrow the Marvel sticker for Superman and just fool the general audience and say it's a Marvel film. I swear to you, if you did it, it would be a better box office. It's stupid. Well, I don't know. Quantumania. uh, I know they'll have their ups and downs, but look, I'm just telling you that this general audience has a bias against DC. And I don't think enough of the general audience is like James Gunn's DCU is different. Because, oh my God, how many people have been, have I seen on the internet saying George Clooney is now the DC Batman? Like, I, guys. I loved that too, by the way. I, I loved, oh, I loved it too. Especially, who the fuck are yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. I love it. I, I love it. Now, apparently, the, uh, un, the, the other version was who the fuck are you? And it just cuts instead of seeing George Clooney. Without so that was the big difference. Well, I don't know why people would prefer that. I, I mean, the only reason why they George were hiding George Clooney it, showing up was pretty cool. Yeah, the only reason they were hiding it is because they didn't want people to know George Clooney was in it. Mm-hmm. I do hate the post credit scene. I hate it. Well, here's my problem with post credit scenes. I saw an article where Barbara Muschietti is like hyping this up as, we got secrets to share in this end credit scene. And I'm like, this was nothing. It was this pointless. Was I was so I had to pee, long. and I was like, "Let me go pee." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Come on!" I 
I I I don't really like the drunk Jason Momoa thing. I I'm over that. That he's so much more than that. He's Arthur. He's got character development. He had character development. Yeah. You know, this whole Aquaman 2 thing is he cares about the world, apparently. So, well, he cares um, so much about it, he's sleeping in a puddle tonight. <laughs> well, hey, you know, to be fair, it is water. It but, was funny. Um, I will say it was funny when he says, like, I'm fine with this or whatever, but he's breathing in it or whatever. You know, like he's like, that is his home or whatever he says, right? Um, like, you know, wherever water is, is so. I, I hate the end credit scene. Um, it was a waste of time. But, that's my biggest complaint of the movie is the end credit scene. So I'm pretty happy. Like I enjoyed the movie. I don't understand um, what they were trying to. I, I don't really like the tooth thing. I. Yeah. Why did his tooth I, fall out? I don't get that. So at the end of this thing, he had gone through faster than the speed of light changing time so many times since his tooth had fallen out and he glued it back in. It just, I, it annoyed me. I, I hated that part. Uh, but it's such a, but I, it, it's such a small gripe. Like it's, uh, it's, you know, I, I don't want to act like this movie is perfect because I am talking right, this right. movie up. Like it's one of my favorites. I will tell you, I will probably watch this movie 20 to 30 times in my life. Like it, it's, it, this to me is a comfort movie. It's like a grilled cheese sandwich and tomato soup. You know, yeah, you... yeah. I, I think where it doesn't clear the bar for me in the sense of if I'm going to watch a flash thing, I'm probably gonna lean towards the TV show over the movie. Like when I'm And I love the show too, so I get like that. if I want comfort, if I'm just gonna chill, probably Oh, that, I highly prefer know. Grant Gustin to Ezra Miller. Well it's not I even that. Prefer... It's just like the whole like I don't know. Aesthetic, the vibe, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and Patty and Albert were wasted. Yeah, space if that's movie. Patty Spivet, like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm sorry, Patty Spivet is one of the coolest. Bullying him? Yeah, I don't I mean, like come that. Come on, <laughs> I, she is one of the coolest characters in the Flash world. Like, I, I love me some Patty Spivet. A hot take: I think Patty is better for him than Iris. Um. And this movie, she's just a little bitch. Yeah. Like I, and Albert is too. He, Albert's a little bitch too. Yeah. Oh, um, I, I didn't like them. I didn't like them. No, they weren't. They weren't great. And Sing, that Sing didn't ring true to me because I love Sing the show so much. And in the comics, he's very similar to what he is in the show. To be honest with you, he's in the comics. Sing is, uh, you know, he's a, he screams a lot, but you know, I, I like Sing. And that was yeah, like one scene in this, and it was pretty much like it was forgettable. Yeah, I can't uh, even remember. It, it was, yeah, it's forgettable. It didn't leave a mark, and I like Sing should always leave a mark. Um, I I love this movie though. I I absolutely love it. So we we've covered the box office. We've covered, you know, what's your favorite part of this movie? I mean, I, I didn't expect to feel as much emotion as I did when he's saying goodbye to his mom. And that's my wife's favorite part of the movie. Um, yeah, it's so pretty if, strong. If I'm going with that. Uh, I, I would probably lean towards that. But I did also like. um, Just like his. The general like first day he spends 
in 2013 when he is spending time with his mom and dad. I thought that part was funny. How he, you know, like, how's your day? How's your uh-huh. 18 years? So that's a weird question to ask. And then when he just tackles his younger self outside while he's doing laundry or whatever. I have to go poop. But yeah. Outside. yeah. <laughs> it was, I, I did really enjoy that part. Um, I quite liked the end credits as well with it being the the rest, the baby shower. I was able to enjoy it more that time because I knew everything was going to be fine. Uh, <laughs> so I was able to enjoy that. And just seeing it from the dog's perspective was, was really funny, but I, well, it's funny because I'm, I'm, I'm at the end. I was like, oh yeah, there was a dog there, <laughs> but um, I, I enjoyed a lot of this movie. I, my favorite part is probably when his younger self goes, are you always so tired, hungry and naked? He's like, no, I, I figured out the third part. Like, yeah. it, like when he, uh, he he burns his uh, clothes and he has the tambourine and, and yeah, <laughs> uh, it's just funny. It's I, it's I would like say the, another favorite part of mine is just when he's like talking with Iris and he's having this little date with Iris and I, I feel like uh, yeah once those two meet the movie picked up for me like immediately and mm-hmm. when he's taking her back to her place and it, you know he quickly fixes up and cleans everything. And he go he phases through to grab the beer. And phasing is my favorite flash mm-hmm. thing. Like yeah, I cool. love phasing. I actually really like when he's trying to phase through the wall and he's just hitting the wall because <laughs> he lost his powers. He's like, ow, oh, this really hurts. Um that was really funny. Um I think we needed more Iris in this movie, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, because she was great. Kiersey Clemens was fantastic in this movie. Like she had she had a bit of a rapport with Ezra Miller. Um, she, she, you know, and you know what I liked about her? She was one of the only people in the movie that propped up Barry the whole time mm-hmm. that, you know, other than Ben Affleck, Batman, she was the only one that was really in her, in Barry's corner the whole time. Cause everybody else is kind of shitting on Barry. Yeah. And, and she, she really connected with Barry in a, really nice and human surprising way. I, I really liked it. Yeah, that was a, uh, and that's another thing. She's great at the role and she'll probably never play it again. No, no. Yeah. I, I, the, the question I really have is when they inevitably show the flash again, is it Wally? Is it Barry? Where are we going with it? It has to be. I think it has to be Wally. I think it has to be Wally. The problem that they're going to have with that is when people see the flash in the general audience, they know Barry Allen. They, I, I know people our age who are fans mm-hmm. will think Wally, the general audience that skews, you know, you want to get those, get the women in there. I, they saw what the theatrical justice league, you know, they know Barry Allen. They saw the TV show for nine years. They know they they know Barry Allen. They don't know Wally West. Um, what I want to know is uh, why Barry Allen is such an outcast and is uh, a loner, and because he's not like that in the comics. No, uh, Barry and, and in the Justice League at all. Even. I mean, like they. Uh, 
I never understood Ezra Miller as the Flash. I enjoy him as the Flash, but he's a lot of times he's Barry Allen in name only. Because Barry Allen's one of my favorite characters in all media. And I mean the TV show, he doesn't look like Barry, but he is Barry. You know? Mm-hmm. I, he is Barry. I think he got closer to Barry in this when, you know, he's telling his other self what his mom said. Sometimes there's no solution. Sometimes yeah. you just have to. Like, that's a very Barry That was thing. a very Barry moment. It's a very yes. Barry thing. The clairvoyance in the moment. What did yes. you think about Dark Flash before we wrap up here? Did you know it was going to be young Barry? Because I had the feeling that it would. I it start, it, The movie kind of hinted it hard. Um, I, I thought so. I needed more Dark Flash. I actually wanted more Dark Flash to show up. Uh, I actually thought, you know what? One of the problems with the Dark Flash is they really could have just done a time wraith and it would have been the same movie. Maybe. I I think it was like... You needed the younger self to be the one who couldn't get it up for that final scene. He couldn't give it up. He couldn't let it go. So I understand that. I totally get that. But yeah, that was my one... That's my one little gripe is I feel like if you made this a time rape like you did on the show it would have worked maybe black flash would have actually yeah, been uh, i think that, that could have yeah. worked yeah yeah so um that would have actually been really kind of would have added like a little horror element to it mm-hmm. um yeah and dark flash was just underutilized it, it was i i know like, i've seen some people say that it's like i don't know like uh underutilized thing dark flash but really when you think about it being the other barry he's there the whole time so i mean you know it, it's just not in that form the whole well, time. So. well i think people didn't realize that michael keaton and sasha kaya were gonna die but it was gonna be irrelevant because in the flashpoint comic the whole world is gonna right. explode and that's like, how it is here too like they're, earth gonna is gonna lose. be krypton yeah. basically yeah like because of the flashpoint comic the Atlantean bomb is going to split the earth in half. So starting at the United Kingdom. So, I mean, he like the whole story is he's got to run back and fix things. Like, so when Ben, uh, when Michael Keenan died, it's Sasha Kaye died. I wasn't that upset because it was like, this is flashpoint. This world doesn't matter. Yeah. I think for it's us, much like Thomas yeah. Wayne and Flashpoint Paradox. It's like we have to get the world back. We we have to fix this. This world has to be erased. And the original ending that they filmed was with you know Keaton and Sasha being part of the main universe, and that was supposed to be the plan before they got sold. Yeah, and, and it was going to be Batgirl and all that and, yep. stuff. So you know, I guess I can understand Honestly, why I'm... people would be a little upset, but. I'm starting to think they did the tax write-off for Bad Girl, not because it was bad, but because they're like, we're not going to make any money off this thing, and it makes everything muddled. I, yeah, it had to be you, contractually motivated. If you're rebooting this, it, it's... Yeah. Look, I, I was unhappy that they canceled that and, like, Wonder Twins. I was looking forward to so many of these I, things, I was, too. But... I, it was going to be a lot of fun, but you know what would have happened is we would have had fun, and we would have gotten nowhere. The ultimate end goal is the DCU has to be a hit the way the MCU was. Otherwise, we're never going to be happy fans. Right. Ever. Right. We're not allowed to be happy, Jordan. We 
we we love DC. Now, thankfully, we like Marvel too, so we get to have fun with the people and enjoy the Marvel movies. And I I still have to see Spider Verse, and I'm going to because I mean, Into the Spider Verse was so special to me, and I I'm going to see it eventually. It's my summer schedule has been hell, and I made time for the Flash. I'll probably see the Flash again before I see Spider Verse though, because I have to see this movie again. Um, but yeah, I'm a DC guy, but I it's a I just love superhero stuff. So it's a shame that more people can't just, in general, love superhero stuff. I think I got, the older I got, the less worried I got about, ooh, I like this character, not this character. Or the or I'm a DC guy, or I'm a Batman guy. I don't like Superman. I'm a Batman guy. No, I just like it all. Like, the more I, because it's all fun. And the heart that are in these stories, I think, is really what the world needs right now. Yeah, man, it's comic books. Okay, I guess we'll start wrapping it up. Uh, if you want to give us a follow, Elseworlds, at Elseworlds DC fan on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now even TikTok. I've been putting up there some of my favorite, uh, you know, like my I ranked all of the Harrison Wells. I've ranked all the Legend Season 1 characters. So you can check those out. I'll be putting some more TikToks and like Instagram reels and stuff up on the channel as we go. But um, that's where you can follow us there. But thank you all for watching or listening along with us. Next time, we will be talking my Arrowverse update through Legends of Tomorrow Season 5, Supergirl Season 5. And we'll also be catching up on uh, Superman and Lois, which was renewed for Season 4. And we'll be recapping Episodes 9 through 12 of that next week as well as we build up to the finale, which now I'm a little happier about that. uh, There's not going to be a cliffhanger that won't get resolved. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, thank you all for watching and listening along. We will catch you next time. Have a great rest of your day.